Hi, Hi and welcome to the 13th gate. <laughs> we almost did that together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Noah. I'm Kat. And today we're going to be talking about Paul uh, Denyer. Well, hold on. Oh. So, today, yes, we're going to be talking about Paul Denyer. Also... The Frankston serial killer. Sorry, I had to say his nickname. Your freaking ADHD is <laughs> the wall right now. Sorry. Also... Um, happy New Year's Eve, Eve. Um, Miss Amber is not with us tonight. She is at work, um, making up some hours that she missed last week because we were closed for the holiday and we're going to be closed for this holiday. Um, so she's not with us. Um, so it's just me and Noah and occasionally Chloe might pop in and out. We don't know. It's Chloe. Um, so we're going to try and do this one a little bit differently today. Noah's going to read about this serial killer and we're gonna talk about it but it's gonna be just a conversation between me and him kind of thing we're trying out some new things we also might um you might you might see some other changes also we're gonna try um kind of pre-recording the intro and adding it in after we have the conversation kind of like it it's gonna Wait, be though why do we do the intro because we're gonna try for the next one Oh. I wanted to kind of explain okay. that we might it, it just might be retarded for a minute. So like, if there's no intro next uh, next week, uh, that's because something messed up and that is our fault. And we're we're working on figuring it out. So. But you will get the hello, welcome to the thirteenth gate from someone. <laughs> so don't worry about well, that. Well, I figured we'd record that with. Well, no, we'd record that. We wouldn't record that beforehand. I thought we figured we would. No, because then it would be weird because after the intro, there's going to be a short, like, cut you're going to be able to hear, so if we... I don't know. We'll play with it. We'll play with it. All right, so tell me about Paul Denier, and let's talk about him. So, Paul Denier, also known as the Frankston Killer. Okay. He was... His characteristics... Sorry, his date of birth was April 14th, 1972. Okay, I wasn't alive yet. Yes, you are not. He's murdered. Oh. He started murdering. All three of his murders were in June through July of 1993. Oh. His date of arrest was July 31st, 1993. Okay. I so, was alive in 1993. Mm-hmm. And then he is sentenced to three life sentences, 150 years, and is eligible for parole after 30 years, meaning in, so 1993, that would be 23, so in three years, so in 2023, he will be able to, he will be eligible for parole. Oh, really? Yes. But by then, he'll be in his 40s. Okay. I mean, it doesn't mean he'll get paroled. It doesn't mean he will, but, but he still has a chance of getting paroled, and he can still kill if he gets paroled. But yeah. His characteristics are he's transsexual. Okay, I mean. And he has a very big hatred of women. Okay, I mean, technically neither one of those things are bad. So even if he gets paroled, everyone in America and, like, the UK and all that will be safe. He lives in Australia. Oh. So he's Melbourne, Australia. 
Or this is Austria, right? No, Australia. I'm right. Okay. That kind of sucks for He's murdered three people who, it's a public book, by the way, The Big Book of Serial Killers, An Encyclopedia of Serial Killers by Jack Rosewood. It was a Christmas present. And the co-author was Rebecca Love. Just so that no copyright can be put on us because we did. To me from Amber. Just so that there's less chance of copyright, we credited the book. Yeah, so... That we're reading I mean, from. not that you couldn't get all this stuff off of the internet anyway, yeah. but whatever. He murdered th- his, he has three known victims. Elizabeth Stevens, 18 years old. Debbie okay. Freem, 22 years old. And Natalie Russell, 17 years old. Wow. He killed all of them in a span of a month. Dick. <laughs> I mean, he, hate, he hates women. Does it say why? I want to know why. I might over it. Let's, 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 let's read more. I want to know why. Like, I, I, honestly, let's... So, here we go. What did women do? His background. Not Here's his background. Not a lot of information is available about the early life and childhood of Paul Denier, but the few things that are public knowledge are truly disturbing. According to his mother, he had an accident when he was a child and suffered from some sort of injury to his head after rolling off a table. Okay, so that's something that's common in some serial killers. Denier took the family kitten, cut it, and hung it from a tree. That poor kitten. Oh, damn. Poor animal. Uh, You see that? That's very common with serial killers. Um, They will start out hurting animals. Oh, I'm not done with that, though. I didn't figure Killing and dissecting cats was well established in Denier's history. And it is a common trait among sadistic serial killers. While Denier was at school, an incident occurred where Denier assaulted a fellow student. The victim of the assault happened to be chewing on a pen at the time, which became lodged in his throat. (laughs) Animal cruelty, social indequacies. Inadequacies. Inadequacies. Sorry, I suck at reading. And assault on others were all warning signs through Denier's childhood that perhaps something was wrong with him. If more attention had been paid to these traits, maybe what occurred later in life could have been prevented. So his murder. Oh, wait, you want to speak about the background first before we go on to all of his murders and what happened with all of them? What? Do we want to, like, talk about his background a bit more? Do we want I mean, is that all that's there? Yeah. But do we want to, like... I don't really... I mean... There's not much to talk about. Do you have anything, like, say about it? The fuck did he have against cats? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's my question. What... I mean, I guess it's... I guess the whole animal thing is because the animals are smaller than them. The animals are innocent, so it's, like, easier to pick on them and, like, do these nasty, scary things to the animals. But, like... The fuck, dudes? Like, come on. What? I can understand, like, killing deer and doing that to the, to the deer and, like, eating, like, eating the meat afterwards, cooking eating the meat. But cats? Come on. Cats and dogs. You know what? That's another animals. thing. That's a good point you bring up. I can understand. I'd be cool. I'd be a little less, like, the fuck about it if it was, like, not cruel and, it, like, they gave him a quick and painless death. And they actually did something with the meat afterwards, like ate it. Like why? Why don't? Why can't you kill animals that like normally you would eat? Like go steal somebody's cow and kill it. 
could steal turkey and kill it. Right. Them, cool. <laughs> them fuckers need to die anyway. They're evil. Right? Like, hunt a bird <laughs> or something. Like, people eat rabbit. Go, I mean, rabbits are cute. And, I mean, as long as it's quick and painless, like, ta-da! <laughs> and you can use the fur. You can use the fur of a lot of creatures. Right. Like Including you can, cats. Like, like. But he didn't do that. He just dissected them and killed them. Right. That's so wasteful. <laughs> that is so wrong. I mean, he probably learned a lot about the insides of a cat. And he probably didn't do it slowly either. And he didn't, he, or he probably did it slowly and didn't do it painlessly. He just took his time with it and like tormented the poor animals. Fucking people. So his murders. The body of Elizabeth Stevens, his first victim, was 18, was found on June 12th, 1993, in Lloyd Park near Frankston. She had been staying with her aunt and uncle and was reported missing by them the night before. Her throat had been cut and there were six stab wounds to her chest. Four cuts ran from... Keep talking. That's loud and I can barely hear myself think. I'm sorry. I need hot water. Four cuts ran down, ran from her breasts to her navel, Ooh. and there were four more running across mm-hmm. her abdomen, creating a crisscross mm-hmm. pattern. There were also several cuts and grazes on her face, and her nose was broken. The clothing on her upper body had been removed, and her bra was pushed up around her neck. Despite the initial suspicions, the autopsy showed that she hadn't been sexually assaulted. Anything to say about that one before we move on to the second death? Where? I don't know why he had to get he had to make her naked when after killing her. He didn't do it after; he did it during why? to be able to make the crisscross pattern. I can understand that, but he just completely stripped her. So part of part of the issue with his, his issue with women is the fact that they have breasts. So he mutilated her breasts. He mutilated what made part of what made her a woman. I'm surprised he didn't mutilate her genitals as well. How do you mutilate a female's genitals? Um, some serial killers have cut them out. Some have rammed things into them and just tore them to shreds. Some have cut, uh, like, um... Some have, you know, you know how Jack the Ripper cut open the one, the, some of them and like took body parts out. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them will cut open the abdomen and take out the uterus and destroy it. Um, stuff like that. Oh. Okay, well, let's go on to the second death, the second murder. Debbie Freem, 22, went missing on July 8th, 1993. I know people that are that young. After she drove to the local store to buy some milk. Her body was found four days later in a paddock near Carum Downs. She had been stabbed 24 times in the head, neck, arms, and chest. Though she had been strangled, she hadn't been sexually assaulted. Oh? Okay, then. I have nothing to say about that. That's just gruesome. <laughs> the next victim, the last of his final victim so far, anyway. Because he is still alive to this day. He's in prison. The next victim was, his last victim was killed on July 30th, 1993, a day before he was caught. Wow. Natalie Russell disappeared while riding her bicycle home from John Paul College. Uh, by the way, Natalie Russell was the 17 year old. Her body was found in some bushes near a bicycle track, and her throat had been cut. 
She also had numerous stab wounds to her neck and face. There was no indication she had been sexually assaulted. Okay, so basically what we know is he mutilates them severely. He is, does not sexually assault them. Um, so he's not into that. That's not something that gets him all riled, riled up. Um, but he basically is just brutal. Yeah. I wonder what set him off about those women in particular. If it was just something going on at the moment in his life. He probably just then, wanted to kill them. Like, he probably was like, ooh, perfect target. And it seems like they're all like in a certain age range. Like... They seem like the like mid like low to like early twenties. I mean, the seventeen year old higher teens probably looked older than she actually was, and that's probably why he chose her. I would imagine. Oh, hold that. Okay. His so the timeline of his known mur known murders. So for all I know, there could have been more he murdered. The June 11th, 1993, he killed Elizabeth Stevens, 18. Then on July 8th, 1993, he killed Debbie Freem, who was 22. Okay. And then on July 30th, the day before his arrest, 1993, he killed Natalie Russell, who was 17. Now, if you realize, two, like, they all seem like Sorry they're... Sorry for all the noise. They're kind of around, like, certain age group. Like, they're either low 20s or higher teens. Yes. And I think if he kept killing, it would all be around there. I think he would have stuck to that, that age group, yes. Oh, that's going to be a fun one to read. So, for his arrest and trial, a police officer happened to see a yellow Toyota Corolla near the bicycle track where Russell's body was found at the time around the time of her murder. He, and he had written written down several, written down the registration number. When they put the number through the computer system, computer system, they discovered the same car has been seen in the vicinity where Freem's body was found. A mailman also had also reporting reported seeing a man slumped down in the same car as though he was trying to hide himself. The registration <laughs> came back to Paul Denyer, and what? Detectives went to talk to him. He wasn't home. They left the card asking him to call. Instead, they received a call from someone else asking why asking why the police wanted Denier to get in touch. They explained it was a routine inquiry and they were interviewing everyone in the area within 10 minutes of the phone call. Detectives headed to Denier's address. Denier opened the door when the detectives knocked and invited them in. While he was telling them where he was at the time of each murder, it was noticed that he had numerous cuts on his hands. To explain his injuries, Denier claimed he had gotten his hands caught in an engine fan while working on a car. Suspecting they had their their man, the detectives took Denier back to the station for further questioning. They interrogated Denier into the early hours of the next morning, but he steadfast, steadfastly denied responsibility for the killings. Until they asked him for a DNA sample, Denier asked how long it would take to get DNA results back, and if they had evidence to compare to his DNA. Then he sat quietly for a bit He before he declared he was the man who had killed the three women. Denier, when Denier went to trial for the three murders, he pleaded guilty to all charges 
A clinical psychologist explained to the court that Denier was a sadist, a sadist, sadist who found pleasure in killing women. He showed no remorse for what he had done to his victims or their friends and family. His the outcome of this for 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 the three murders, Denier was sentenced to three life sentences. He also received an extra eight years for abducting another woman. Initially, he was denied the possibility of parole and was expected to spend the rest of his life in prison. However, Denier appealed to the Supreme Court of Victoria on July 20th, 1994, and was granted a 30-year non-parole period. Although he is unlikely to ever get the parole, there is still possibility for him to apply after serving 30 years. Now, trivia. While imprisoned... Denier has requested to be allowed to purchase and wear ladies' cosmetics, a request which was denied. That's odd. I don't know why you hate women and then you want to wear women's clothing and all that. Well, okay. Did it say he was transgender or transsexual? Transsex. Okay. Um, Right. Yeah, transsexual, right? Transsexual. Okay. So, transsexual men do like to sometimes partake in women's makeup, women's clothing, even, stuff like that. So, that's so pretty not... pretty much drag. Kind of, but in a different... It, it's, it, it is, but it isn't. And I would have to actually get a... I think I'd have one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on that. That is not a topic. I mean, I do watch Drag Race occasionally, but... I'm not... Please don't look anything up. Can we go on to the next trivia? There's three of them. Um... We don't need to know about transsexuals at the moment. Okay, so... It says... And this is the Google definition, so if it's wrong... Let me know, please. I'm curious. Uh, Denoting or relating to a transgender person especially one whose bodily characteristics have been altered through surgery or hormone treatment to bring them into alignment with their gender identity. So, a transsexual, it is defined transsexualism as a desire to live and be accepted as a member of the opposite sex. So basically, if these definitions are correct... How the hell are you going to hate women and then want to be a woman? Because he wants to be a woman and he's not one. So that's why you hate women? Mm-hmm. Oh. When, did, when, was, when did this occur? What year? 1993. So, yeah. All of the trans... All of the LGBTQIA plus... LGBTQ plus. The rest of the alphabet that is involved with that. A, B, C, Um... We, we, by the way, we, we do fly the rainbow flag in this house, so... Yeah, I'm bisexual. So am I. So we're, we're, and I believe my daughter might be a lesbian, but she's either bisexual or she's a lesbian. She's still working that out. <laughs> um, but, um, so, so, yeah, no heat for us kind of making fun of that, but there's too, too many letters of the alphabet in there. <laughs> um, uh... It used to be just lesbian, so bi, it just, gay... Just, yeah, LGBTQ was... And it actually started, I think it started out LGBT, and then they added the Q. Lesbian, gay, bi, but queer used, trans. 
queer, when I was young, what I knew of the word, so calling someone queer... Was calling someone gay. Was a derogatory term. Oh. Now it's complete. it's not just gay, it means something completely different that I, and we're, we're not going to research that in this podcast. Um, but anyway. I think that could have its own podcast in it on its own. Probably. So basically... <laughs> Maybe we should have one that has age LGBTQ. <laughs> we'll think about that one. That's a lot, that's a lot to get into. Um... <laughs> I do want to talk about the riots and stuff. Well, yeah, off topic. Anyway, back to... <laughs> so, basically, back in 1993, like, I was nine, right? Because I would have been ten in 94, so I was nine years old. Being even gay or lesbian was not acceptable then. So, being transgender was really not acceptable. And then once we hit the 2000s... So, back then, he, you know, trying to be the opposite gender, it was not something that you you voiced out loud. So, he was pissed off to no, like... 27 years later, it's perfectly fine to be gay. He was incredibly livid because at women because he wanted to be one of them, and he it wasn't socially acceptable for him to be one. And it was very hard to get the surgeries or get the hormones or... You know, any of that. Um, I don't think it was still considered a mental... Illness. Illness at that point, but... I know early 1940s, if you were gay, it was instant <sighs> mental institution and you were right. experimental. So that kind of goes to explain why he's so pissed. It doesn't... It What's doesn't... Why you just said that? Pissed? Oh, that was funny. But it doesn't explain, like, why did he have to be such a dick about it? It's not the women's fault. Next trivia question explains this, why he killed them. Okay. So, second trivia question. When asked why he had killed Elizabeth Stevens, Daniel replied, just wanted to. Just wanted to kill. Just wanted to take a life because I felt my life had been taken many times. Oh. He just felt like it. Who the fuck took your life, dude? What, what, what? He was bored, pretty much. He was just like, fuck it. I just felt like, fuck you. (laughs) Third trivia. Denier also filed freedom of information requests to learn of the victim's Victorian government's policy on gender reassignment surgery for prisoners. And he has sought evaluation to determine his suitability for cert- for such surgery, which was also rejected by medical specialists. Just let him be a damn woman so he'll stop trying to kill people. Jesus Christ. We could easily stop a murderer, and the prison is just, like, prison and the fucking government is just like, no, we won't let you, we'll, we'll let you keep murdering, but you're not becoming trans. I don't understand government anymore. It's a question, Mom. We now have 26 minutes. Okay, do you want to pick another one? Or do you want to, do you have another topic you want to discuss, or... What? Like, Tell me when to stop. Stop. What are the chances that... One of the ones I said I didn't really want to do because he sounded boring comes up when you say stop. Who? David Parker Ray. He's not boring. He's um, not boring. We don't know his actual way of... His method. Um, That man is... Fucking terrifying the things he did to his victims. It's unknown his method though. I didn't say that's how he killed them. 
No, read it. I really don't feel like reading. Do you want to finish this? My throat's dry as hell. And I don't want to drink. I got alcoholic lemonade. I can't have alcoholic lemonade, mother. <laughs> So, his date of birth, November 6, 1939. Let's see, does it say his date of death? I don't know if he's dead. He's not. But he's like 90 now, so no more murders. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I think there's one serial killer who's daughter. Oh, no, never mind. Not convicted of murder, still received a sentence of 224 years imprisonment for other crimes. Died of a heart attack May 28, 2002. Okay, good. It doesn't matter even if he wanted to try to get out. He's 224 years in prison. At 80. <laughs> Alright. He would have been 309 years old before he was allowed out of prison. That sounds like a him problem. <laughs> that sounds like a problem. For <laughs> Can you imagine being 80-something and just and them telling you, yeah, you're not allowed to prison until you're 309. Sorry. Fucking good. Them fucker needs to... Bad fucker. His Elias, he was called the Toy Box Killer. Yes. He built a torture chamber. A number, and his number of victims, that's his characteristics. He liked to build torture chambers, apparently. His number of victims was suspected of 60 murders. He murdered between 1960s and 1999. He was arrested March 12th, 1999. So he got to prison and three years later died. Happens. Three years and 16 days, and he was dead. He died the same month he got arrested, but three years after. That's crazy. Happy birthday! His known victims were unidentified and unnamed women, and his murder method was unknown. His background was, as a child, Ray lived with his grandfather, but his abusive father would visit from time to time. In addition to the physical abuse he suffered at the hands of his father, Ray was also bullied at school largely because he displayed extreme shyness around girls. By the time he was a teenager, he had started using drugs and alcohol regularly and was having violent sexual fantasies. Ray fantasized about torture, rape, and murder. And he collected photos of women in bondage. He also made a number of drawings described as sadomasochistic, sadomasochistic, which were discovered by his sister after he finished school. He worked as a mechanic. Then he enlisted in with, with the army. Ray continued to work as a mechanic while he served in the army. And he received an honorable discharge when he left. Ray eventually lived in an Elephant Butte, New Mexico. That says Elephant Butte, New Mexico. Yes, it does. 
He was in Elephant Butt, New Mexico. <laughs> That's just... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for fucking Mexico. New Mexico, whatever it is. Where he planned and designed the perfect torture chamber so he could carry out his horrendous fantasies. Known as the Toy Box. Ray fitted out a mobile home with every piece of equipment, tool, and torture device he could think of, including wall charts on how to inflict the most amount of pain. In such an isolated location, Ray could get away with just about anything without detection. And so one of his abductees fought her way out of the toy box and made a run for it. Fucking lucky bitch. Ray was accused by many people, including his... Oh, his murders. Ray was accused by many people, including his accomplices, of committing multiple murders. Though no bodies have ever been found, the police think the number of murders could be as high as 60. Ray would abduct women and take them back to the toy box where he could do whatever he wanted to them, including brutal rape, sodomy... Sodomy and torture. That's the second time I fucked up that word in this podcast. 9.34 and I'm already tired. Weird. And torture. He had set the toy box up with multiple tools and devices, for mostly for inflicting pain and torture. These included clamps, pull eyes, whips, chains, leg spreader bars, straps, saws, and surgical blades. There was also an abundance of sex toys and diagrams showing different ways to inflict pain on a person. A mirror on the ceiling meant the victim could see what was being done to them. On March 19, 1999, Ray pretended to be an undercover police officer and convinced Cynthia Vigil that she was being arrested for prostitution. He handcuffed her and took her to the toy box. Three days later, she managed to escape, during which she was involved in a fight with Ray's partner, Cindy Hendy. That's a name. He had a partner named Cindy Hendy. Mm-hmm. Man, that's catchy. How am I already almost done this page in six minutes? Just keep going. Okay. Sorry, ten minutes. Oh, what? Right. Vigil stabbed Hendy in the neck with an ice pick and ran out the door naked with an iron slave collar around her neck and padlock chains. Holy fuck. I told you. And that's that's just what he that's just that part. That's no, I mean doing. vigil I mean she slabbed Hendy in the neck with an ice pick. Yeah. That's why I said holy fuck. That sounds fucking awesome. That's also a brutal way to go. I don't think Hendy died. What how? Keep reading it. Oh god. Arrest and trial. After Vigil contacted the police, they came and arrested Ray. At the time, they thought Ray was the only involved in the attack on Vigil. They were unaware of the possibility that he might be a serial killer. Another victim came forward after details of the arrest were made public. Angela Montano told the police she she had endured the same vile treatment in the toy box. She had reported it at the time, but nobody had followed up on it. A third victim was identified by a video Ray had recorded as he tortured her. Kelly Garrett was abducted and terrorized by Ray in July of 1996. He drugged her over a two-day period 
while he raped and tortured her. When he realized, when he had enough, he slashed her throat and dumped her on the side of the road. But he didn't realize she was actually still alive. It was decided that Ray would have three trials, one for each victim. The first trial ended in a mistrial and required a retrial. Mistrial, dude. A mistrial and required a retrial. Again, 9.30-something, and I'm tired as all hell. I don't understand. Oh, Ray was found guilty of all of 12, all 12 counts of attributed to his attack on Cynthia Vigil. The second trial was meant to be for Ange Angelica Montano's case, but she died before it started, so the trial was dropped. For the third trial, he agreed to a plea bargain and was sentenced to 220 four years in prison. The outcome. Ray was on the way to Leah Country Correctional Facility in New Mexico to be questioned by the state police when he collapsed and died on May 28, 2002. Ray had suffered a fatal heart attack. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. Damn. I feel bad for him. Heart attacks must suck. That's how Pop Pop died. Yeah, I know. R.I.P. How about not Ray? Right. Rest in pepperonis. <laughs> I don't know. He did like pepperoni. Oh, hold on, rest in pepperoni. How about not a serial killer? Ah, he might have liked serial killer. I don't pepperoni. know about the serial killer. Hey, you never know. Or his brand. He might like pepperonis. He might, I mean. Oh, I like this next guy's name Melvin Rees. Oh. I don't know why, I just like his name. You want to tell me about Melvin? I'm not going to tell you about him. Just kidding. Oh my god, he only had one characteristic. Ooh, that's sad. His date of birth was 1928. No day, just 1928. He was okay. born throughout the entire year. So they don't have a year for him. They just have a... Other way, they don't have a day. Or a month. Or, yeah, they, they don't have a... Yeah. He was called the Sex Beast. Oh, what? <laughs> Why? Because his characteristic is rape. He had five through nine victims. He murdered between June 26, 1957 and January 11, 1959. He was arrested June 24, 1960. And he stopped for a whole year and a half before he got arrested. He shot people. He strangled people. Asphyxiation. And he bludgeoned people. Oh, he did all the things. Maryland, Virginia. His crime locations were Maryland and Virginia. That's like right there. That's not, yeah. But he was arrested in 1960. Literally the year after Grammy was born. Cool, right? <laughs> oh, it's good he was arrested. Before she was born. No. Or right after she was born or whatever. Yeah, right after. Known victims. Margaret Harold. Carl Jackson. His wife, Mildred. And their two daughters, Susan, who was four, and Janet, who was 11 months. Damn. Why do you have to murder the children? Come on. What a dick. He was sentenced to life imprisonment, and he died in 1995 due to heart failure. Can we hear a serial killer that was alive during my time? There's one in Philly right now. 
That's not going to be in this book. know anything about them, though. Even if they did, it wouldn't be in the book. This book was made... Doesn't tell you. Okay, then. Never mind. I don't need it's to know. The copyright's in the, probably somewhere in the front. Or it could be in the back. Who knows? Everybody 2017. Okay. That's three years ago. So, our, our murderer over in Philadelphia. He wouldn't be in the books right now. Hiding. He'd be on websites. Not really. He's not caught yet. They don't have to catch him to put him on a website. Okay, so his childhood was mysterious, by the way. That sucks. I'm gonna find another guy. Someone more around my date of birth. Maybe not murdering, but like arrested near my date of birth. Wait, that's that one just. Oil. Okay then. Here we go. This. Hey, give that one back. I was reading that. <laughs> Fuck! Oh, hey, the freeway, the freeway phantom. <laughs> Arrested the year before I was born. Here we go. Okay, there's another dude. Stephen, Stephen, sorry, Griffiths. Oh, this is a name. He was born December 24th, 1969. He did cannibalism and dismemberment. He killed three people. He, was, he murdered between June 22nd, 2009 and May 21st, 2010. He was arrested May 24th, 2010. His murder method was crossbow and stabbing. Oh. He. Can you guess his name? Pretty fucking cool of a name. The Crossbow Cannibal. Oh. I honestly like it. It's a nice name. Okay. His known victims were Susan Rushworth. She was 43. Shelly Arm Armitage, who was 31, and Susan Bl Blamy. Blummers, who was 36. Hey, Mom, you're in the age range of the people he would kill. Yay! <laughs> and he's alive. Okay, but... But for life without parole is where he is right now. Yeah. So, you're fine. Don't worry. No. I don't want to... Do you think they'd, like, give me an award if I killed him first? Yeah, your award is jail time. How's that sound? You're trying to kill me. Doesn't matter. It's in. It's. Oh, I guess his crime location was in Bradford, England. Oh, good. Far away from here. I don't have enough time to read all this. Okay, so There's give us some highlights. How did he kill him? How did he kill him? Let's like, find talk out. Talk about the killing. I mean, obviously, we know how, how he killed him. Detectives were reviewing CCTV footage which showed him outside his apartment building in Bradford with a woman. The woman later identified as Susan Blammers 
was and she was seen walking into the building with this dude on May 21st, 2010. Just minutes later, she ran out and Griffiths chased her around her carrying a crossbow. He knocked her down and fired a bolt into her head. Lammers was dead, and Griffiths, who knew the camera was there, faced toward it and held the crossbow above his head, almost as though he was proud of what he had just done, and was bragging then he dragged her body out of sight. But pretty much picked up the crossbow above his head, and like shook it up and down, like going, woohoo! Like, holy fuck. Griffiths was seen on camera carrying trash bags and a rucksack in and out of the building the following day. The, f the female body parts were found in the river Ire in Shipley by a member of the public. They were identified as belonging to Blamiers. A caretaker of the building where the murder took place discovered the CTTV footage and took it to the police, also identifying the man on tape as being Griffiths. Wow. When police searched Griffith's flat, they discovered disturbing video footage that indicated his role in the death of Shelley Armitag on April 26, 2010. The footage showed the dead body of Arm Armitage naked and hogtied in a bath. On her back were the words, my sex slave, and have been spray painted in black paint. Audio of the tape revealed, by, revealed Griffith saying, I am Fen Pariah. I am the bloodbath artist. Here's a model who is assisting me. As, as authorities continued their search for more of Blamir's body parts in the River of Air, part of Armitage's spine was also found. Ooh. Yeah. No other cases besides those three were linked to him, ever. I guess that's a good thing, right? For him, anyway. Trivia! His idol was Yorkshire Ripper Peter Sutcliffe, who killed 13 women, most of them prostitutes. Quotes by Griffiths. I am misanthropic. I don't have much time for the human race. He described himself as a pseudo-human at best, a demon at worst. I've killed more than Susan Blamiers. I've killed loads. He has attempted suicide four times while incarcerated. So he's tried to commit suicide in jail four different times. You don't get to get out of it that easy, buddy. How are you going to... How? How are you going to go and think you're going to be able to commit suicide in jail? Well, it's easy. I mean, people do it all the time. Yeah, but the fact that you fell four times, you should just give up already. Like, am I wrong about that? <laughs> I mean, you now they're four. watching you, dude. Like, now they know you're trying. I'd say give up for, like, a, month, a couple months or, like, even a year or something like that. And then all of a sudden do it again. Because if you all of a sudden do it again, there's a chance you can do it correctly. Survive, not survive. I doubt it'll be that easy, but okay. 
I mean, if you do it right. Because now that, like, like that, now they know he's trying, so they'll like, watch him for a certain amount of time, and then they'll be like, okay, so he's giving up. Good. And then once they stop watching, he dead. And if he doesn't die, then they're not going to stop watching him. <laughs> so that's the downside of that. Uh-oh. Oh, speak of the devil. She shall call. Amber, say hello to our podcast. What? We're podcasting. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're 44, 45 minutes in. Oh. Well, hi, everyone. Yeah, we were, we were using my Christmas present, the big book of serial killers, to uh, podcast today. Oh. Look at that. Amber does come into the podcast today. <laughs> and there's no snow. <laughs> Sorry, my schedule got messed up. Yeah, we explained that in the beginning of the podcast for you. Oh, yay. <laughs> okay, so, sorry, I'll listen in. <laughs> oh, no, we just literally finished one of the serial killers we were talking about. Oh, nice. Yeah, Which one? Griffiths. He, he got caught on, on CCTV camera, like, uh... With a cross, was it a crossbow or a regular? Crossbow. It was a crossbow. Where he knocked his victim down and like shot her in the head with it, and then he held the crossbow up over his head and like cheered for himself on camera. Like he turned to the camera, looked at it, and like was cheering for for himself for the camera. Like yeah, woohoo! Look, I did it! I I, I, I scored! I killed her! Like and then dragged her off the camera. Wow. Yeah. And then cut her up and threw all her body parts in separate bags into a river. Somebody, wouldn't you want to disperse, like, the body? Well, he did. He threw it into different parts of the river. Yeah, I mean, like, different locations. I guess he figured that the water would, like, float it around. That's just lazy. I mean, you did all that work for God. Don't worry, they still haven't found all the body parts. Oh. Oh, they won't now, I mean. Well. It's a fun bones. It's only been like 10 years since he's been arrested. Unless they drag that river, which they're not gonna because they're probably gonna find a shit ton of other random shit and bones from other people's victims in there. Not really, it's England. There's not as many killers in Oh, there. yes, there are. Are there really? Oh, yeah. Huh? And that is like the most like liked <laughs> method. We also talked of- about the serial killer who, who died in. What's on uh, New Mexico? <laughs> David, Elephant. Par- David Parker Ray, the toy box killer. Okay. He died in Elephant Butts, New Mexico. No, he lived in Elephant oh, Butt. He lived in Elephant's Butt. Oh. It's actually Elephant Butte. But because Butte is spelled butt, Noah's calling it Elephant Butt. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, here's the thing. We live near a major waterway, and as a part of the local fire department and one that has a, um, a marine unit, I'm drinking that river quite a few times. You'd be amazed at what's in that river. I don't think I want to know. Can we explore the river? Um, we can explore the river, but not in the way that you're thinking. Okay. Um, 
unique. Very unique. I mean, they find floaters in there all the time. Like, remember the, uh, remember of, like, what, three or four months ago there was one? Yep. And then they had to push, yeah, I, okay, so I was at work, and there were, and police went, at, like, the, like, the investigator people, police went in or whatever, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I call back and I talk to a couple of the guy, one of the guys at the firehouse, and I'm like, do you know why this just happened? And he, he, I thought he was joking. Because he's, he's very sarcastic. And he was just like, oh, there's a dead body. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought he was joking. So, like, I was like, all right, cool. You don't know either. Like, I got off the phone with him and everything. And then, like, I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So, like, I, I, like, I call back again. And I'm like, I talk to the other guy that's back there. And I'm like, hey, was he fucking with me? <laughs> like, was he kidding? Like, or is there really a dead body? Because I need to know if he was serious or not. Because, like, yeah, I gotta call people. No, he was serious. There was a man who was floating in the river. And they had to get into the boats and stuff. And they had to poke him down the river to a boat ramp where it was, um, better for them to fish him out of the water. Yeah, that was fun calling my boss and going, um, Tracy, how do I make an email about a dead body found floating by property? Just, just, yeah. She was like, what? Say that again? Yeah. Doesn't that mean the murderer is probably someone who was in the facility, meaning either a trucker or No, we don't know. He, he floated downriver, and that's just where they spotted him at, because that's where he first kind of encountered people. Um... A lot of bridges. We do have, especially this time of year, a lot of dumpers. We do have at least not like once a year or once every other year a car drive into the river because I don't know, it just feels like it. Um, we also have a pretty good amount of just people that think that they can kayak and canoe and boat and they're not successful at these things. Um, so it's not uncommon to find like an empty canoe and not know who's in it or a kayak. It's also not uncommon to just have somebody report a floating body and us to be like, oh, awesome. Uh, why aren't there any missing reports? Fantastic. Like it's, it's a shame, but it happens. Well, and I mean, you got into an accident on that river with, with your dad on the jet ski. Wait, that's the same river? That's the same river. Where you were was down further than where they fished the body out. Yeah, we were in a safer part of the river. Uh, it was no. It doesn't mean it's safer. It just means that body, the body, didn't float that far down. Oh. Our area of the river has a lot of rapids, and a lot of people don't realize that because it, like, you don't see them. But we have a bunch of abrupt drop-offs, and the rocks are fairly shallow in different areas. So we create a lot of undertow in our region. And people think like, oh, it looks calm, so I can go in and go swimming, and don't realize. So it's, if you're not a good swimmer, swimming in our region is not the best idea. <laughs> then we have to go and uh, get you out. And by the way, the way we like get you out of the river, it's a bunch of hooks. Like, when they say they drag the river, it's not 
with nets. It's with hooks. We literally go fishing for people. So what if you're alive? Oh, you won't be under the water, no. If you're alive, then they rescue you, if, and they're able to get to you and whatnot, then they rescue you how they would rescue a live person. But what if you somehow live through the rapids and they think you're dead and they hook you and kill you? Honey, if you're under the water for that long, by the time we get out there with the hooks, you're, you're dead. I mean, the longest person to stay underwater was 20-something minutes, no, put it 30 this, minutes. By the time they get out to you, she's saying, you're gone. Because number one, back. number one, if you're out there by yourself, because people do that, they go out there by themselves, and nobody knows where you are or that you had the accident, you're being swept down. Rapids are fast. You've, I mean, you've seen videos of people trying to white water raft and stuff. It's not that that bad, but it's still like that. And it will suck you down. And by the time somebody goes looking for you where you were supposed to be over here, you're all the way down there. Like you. If somebody's on the river with you, they have to get back to an area where they have their cell phone, which is normally on dry land. Call it in. Then it has to go through the dispatch center. Get to us. We have to get to the station. We have to get into, you know, the trucks, hook up the boat, get the boat down to the boat launch, and then go to the location of the call. And by the time, like, by the, with how fast some of these rapids can go, you could go in up there at the top of the street. And by the time they get to you at the top where you're supposed to be at the top of the street, you're all the way at the bottom. That's not that far. But you're still going. It's like a two minute walk. You also have to remember, you're panicking because you're getting banged into rocks and everything else. Panicking? You're probably when, out in sleep. <laughs> I mean, if you're lucky. I mean, if you hit your head even once, you're most likely going to pass out from it. You're Which means you're holding your breath because you're in a hypoxic drive. So you're automatically going to, your body's going to tell you to take a breath. And well, if the only thing you can breathe in is water, yeah. Glub, 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 glub. Artificial gills. This is not <laughs> Harry Potter, Noah. Harry Potter? I said artificial, not magic. Same difference. No. <laughs> One, you say abracadabra. The other one... Actually, he ate a weird seaweed ball. <laughs> well, and how did he get the seaweed ball? Someone went abracadabra. No, it's actually a plant A plant in their world with a magical property that it, you just eat it. Okay, and, and he got the it god from... of their world went abracadabra. Don't... That's not... Whatever. <laughs> Someone went abracadabra to make that <laughs> a creature, okay? Ay, ay, ay. I know, right? <sighs> Disrespecting the culture. But yeah, we did like what, three or four serial killers? Three and a half. And that was just brief information. It wasn't like. Oh no, one was all two. I think two or three of them are all the information. Well, no, I mean, I mean, what's in that book is really brief because you can find a lot more. Um, like the toy box killer. There, there was a podcast on that, couldn't we? Oh yeah, there was a vid, there was a recording that he made for the for his victims. I think it was him, and he literally played it for his victims, explaining what was going to happen to them. Damn. And you can find that recording online. Just kill them. Don't. He liked to torture them. That was part of being sadistic. He liked the fear. So we like played them a movie and then. <clears throat> Jesus. I don't know if I'd want to know or not. I mean, like, in some ways, like, that kind of 
kind of gives you a little bit of a, like, heads up, but for the same token, like, I don't know if I'd want to know. On one hand, I can prepare myself for the amount of pain I'm going to go through, but on the other hand, like, now I'm anticipating it, but I don't know when or which thing he's going to do first. I mean, he probably said it, like, in order. No, he switched it up. He liked to try and get the best like amount of the most amount of pain out of it as he possibly could. He was a fucked up man. I mean, I guess like it's ways having that mental preparedness of this is what might happen. If you're smart enough and can stay calm enough and can think enough, if he makes a mistake there might be a way for you to avoid certain things or to know certain things are present to be able to formulate some type of plan. See, but um, see, Amber, uh, um, uh, do you, how much do you know about him? Not much. But my, my point is, you know, having a bit of information can sometimes be the difference between life and death. But for the same token, I think knowing what he had planned might send most people into such a panic that there's no more clarity to fly. Well, absolutely. Although, you're, you're, sometimes your theory could possibly be helpful, not with this guy. Um, this guy, let's, to, to just kind of put it in, in simple terms, if he wasn't called, if, if, like, you weren't reacting the way he wanted you to, he changed it up and made it worse. Until you reacted how he wanted you to react. That's the kind of fucked up he was. How are you going to react the way you want you to react if you don't know what, how he wants you to react? That's the point. If you're trying to stay calm and you have that presence of mind and you're, you're like, breathing through pain as much as you possibly can and not screaming and, like, fighting and trying to get away and, like, crying and all that, he's more inclined to ramp up the pain. That makes me feel like... That makes me think of a show I watched about this, not a show, an anime I watched, about a super masochist who, no matter what they did to him, he just literally, like, he got super excited over pain. And I feel like if that to guy... To himself or to others? Like, when others hurt him, he got super excited. Okay, so that's that's a masochist. That's different from what this guy is. This guy is a sadist. No, I mean, like, imagine that guy, the anime guy, talking about getting caught by him. Oh, that would be delightful. That would be an ongoing, that would be an infinite loop. <laughs> that would be a scary infinite loop. That, that would be interesting. But, alright, we have to close the gates now. Yep, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Off.